Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many had a good week? Did you get plenty of rest last night? I told them the other day, and they got aggravated. I said, I, I dreamed last night that I, I was a uh, muffler. And they said, what? And I said, I woke up exhausted. Boo. Yes. That's bad. That's real bad. Pray that I'll find new jokes. Okay, just pray with me about that. Praise the Lord. We're going to be looking in the book of Nehemiah. I'm just going to read one verse today. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 10 is where we're going to be at. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And we're going to see. I just, I've had this bubbling up in my spirit for a while. And uh, I just, I, I felt like, man, this is the day that God wants us to preach this sermon. I'm excited about it. And I hope you get excited as I am about it. Amen. Sometimes it's hard for me because I don't have a great memory. You, you see, I'm reading my sermons all the time, but I study and I work on these sermons for a long time and I put everything in there that I feel like God wants me to put in there, but I can't remember it all. So I had to keep looking. But man, it makes me excited. If you see me in my office, man, I'll, I'll do a little spin in my chair once in a while and I just lay all the way back and praise God. I'm in there crying. Can you believe that one? In there crying and just a little bit. I get excited about the word of the Lord. And today in Nehemiah, Chapter 8 and verse number 10, it says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions of, uh, to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to preach for just a few moments with the subject, Joy in every situation. Joy in every situation. Pray with me right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, uh, for everyone here at TFT, Lord. I, I thank you for the praise and worship that they've been offering unto you. Father, it's all about you today. And I ask you, Lord, if I, as I speak your word, God, you help me to speak what you want me to say. I ask you, Lord, to anoint our eyes and ears to see and to hear what you would have us to see and to hear today. God, let the seed of the word take root down deep in our soul. I ask you, Lord, to hide me, Lord. Hide me, Lord, in the shadow of the cross that I may speak your word with boldness today. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So thankful that you're here today. You could have been anywhere. You could have went to the lake. You could have been fishing. You could have been at a baseball game. You could have did just a whole bunch of things. But you chose to come to TFT and I'm thankful for that. And I don't know if we're on Facebook or not today. Uh, it, we've had some problems with it, and so it may not get out. But, man, we are so happy. If you're at home and you're able to watch on Facebook, that's great, too. We're so, so happy to see your faces here today. Amen. The dictionary defines joy as feeling great delight with or expected good. Jubilation, triumph, rejoicing, happiness, gladness, glee, rejoice. All these things fall under the category of joy. How many get excited when the Razorbacks win? There's joy in our sports teams, right? My sports team, the Baseball Cardinals, has won six games this month. And the month's almost over. That's not good when they play every day. That's not good. I think they were 6-18 and 18 the last time I've seen. That's not good. There's not much joy in my house when I'm watching the Cardinal game. It's awful. It's terrible. 
But the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can't depend, I can't depend on my wife for my joy. Men make terrible gods. Women make terrible gods. If I depend on her to get my spirits up, I'm in trouble. Most days she's in a good mood. Some days she won't be able to get me joy because she doesn't have joy. Our joy comes from the Lord. Amen? Wow. Some of us, though, they think that we can't have joy if we're not feeling happy. Pastor John Jenkins Sr. said, The joy of the Lord is a bubbling up of contentment we feel from being connected to God. Wow. Just being connected to God, it just starts bubbling up out of us. He goes on to say, it is entirely unrelated to enjoyable circumstances. How can you have joy when things are not going your way? The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? Only this supernatural joy can give us calm delight in the midst of hell and a cheerfulness even when life isn't cheerful. Praise God. How many's ever, I'm, I'm going to ask this question, I don't know what kind of response I'll get. How many's ever, ever, ever in your whole life, think back, have you ever had anything go wrong? Some of us don't have far back to think. We, we just think last hour, last day, or whatever it was. All of it, that's right. It doesn't take us long to realize that we have trouble in this world. But you know what? Even when life isn't cheerful, we can still be cheerful. There's a reassurance in our heart when we know Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a joy that's inside of us. Real joy, by the way, is the fruit of the Spirit. How many knew that? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a supernatural transaction we experience with God. He gives us this joy. I think of that song, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. This joy I have. Take it, Shelly. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Amen. I'm glad our joy comes from the Lord, because if the world could take it away, the government already would have took it. Every April, you think, they're taking away my joy again. It's a soul-deep assurance that helps us to face trouble in life. Helps us face cancer. Helps us face bankruptcy. Helps us face the end of a marriage. It helps us face COVID-19 and its loneliness. Wow, have you ever met so many oppressed, depressed, and lonely people through COVID-19? The joy of the Lord has got to be your strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many believe that it's fun to be saved? How many believe there's more joy in serving God than it was when you were serving the world and serving your enemy, the devil? Boy, some of us went to the honky-tonk and danced around and drunk it up, shot it up, and played it up. And we thought we were having fun. It was a good time. A good time was had by all. Another song came to my mind. A good time. But you know what? When you get saved, you realize there's a joy that there never was. In the bar, never was in the sleeping around, never was in the drugs. You know why? Because it's a temporary fix. If your joy is dependent on that today, it's a temporary fix, and it's never going to be satisfied. But when you give your heart to the Lord, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
the joy of the Lord will be your strength when you turn your heart over to God. That means we need to get saved. Turn ourselves from the way we've been going. Why? Not because the preacher said it. Not because mom and dad said it. Grandma and grandpa said it. Because it's the word of God. This is what you're going to be judged by. You better be living by it. The Bible says there's pleasure in sins in this world. Hebrews 11.24. This is in the King James Version. By faith, Moses, when he has come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You see what that's saying? The Bible even tells you there's pleasures in sin for a season. How many know seasons end? Seasons end, then you have disasters hit. Lord, help us today. Seasons end, that fun ends after a while, and all of a sudden your wife catches you. Your husband catches you. The police catch you. Your pastor catches you. I'll stop meddling. Jesus already paid the price for our sins. The penalty for our sins, he paid that price. Hallelujah. And if we believe on him and have a conversion in our life, we'll enjoy a mansion he's prepared for us. It's eternal heaven. Amen. But I have to tell you on the same side, on the flip side of this, is you haven't, if you haven't confessed your sins to God and asked for forgiveness when you die, there's a price to play, pay for the pleasure of sin. I'm getting me some tongue twisters today. There's a price to pay for the pleasure of sin. Eternity in a lake of fire. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. That's eternal death, by the way. There's not a second chance. Out there. No Catholic is going to pray you out of purgatory. Can I say that without offending people? It's the Word of God. You're, there is no purgatory. You're not going to go somewhere and be in a waiting, waiting cell for somebody in your family to pray you out of that. Everybody understand that? I know that may be offensive. It's the truth. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal life is what I'm after. Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Aren't you glad for eternal life? Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is a joyful, a beautiful, a happiness. There's these aspects to walking with Christ. And if there's not, you better examine your heart. If it's a drudgery to get up in the morning and go to church, you need to examine your heart. If it's a drudgery to go to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night, I was counting it up the other day, and I'm thinking four to four and a half hours is what we give God at church. Now you're thinking, why are you preaching this today? You got, you got a big crowd here today. Why are you preaching this? I'm just telling you this, this from God. This is not even in my notes. He's just not speaking this to me. How much time are we giving to the Lord? How much time are we giving to the Lord? Four hours, is that too much out of a week's worth of hours? Four hours, is that too much? Lord, help us. Lord, help us. It's a time we come to celebrate and give God the praise for everything he's done in our lives. There should be a joy in our life and a difference in our outlook from those who are not saved. You see so many people, like I said, upset, depressed, and everything. A Christian shouldn't be that way. Should not be that way. Now, do we get to them spots sometimes? Yes. How many humans do we have in the building? Most everybody. So you're going to have them emotions. You're going to have them feel it. You're going to have things that don't go your way. We had some things not go our way at the firework tent this week. Brother Jordan and the Rangers and the girls' ministries are down there running the tent down at Walmart. So if you're buying your fireworks, please go down to TNT and buy your fireworks. Just a commercial right here in the middle of the sermon. We bought a permit, $75, to sell fireworks. And it said from the 20th of June to July 5th. 
they come out yesterday, or was it yesterday? Two days ago. And said, uh, they brought us a, a city ordinance that said we can't sell fireworks until the 1st of July, which this city ordinance was put in place in 2018. And we've been selling fireworks every year and, and doing it the same days, the 20th through the 5th. But they said, no more, we can't do that. I called the city attorney and I asked him, I said, no, listen, I bought a permit that says this, and the, and the ordinance says this, and you've never given this to us before. You never even told us when we bought the permit, nothing like this. I said, is there anything we can do about that? He said, no. And I said, well, I said, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. I said, if you say shut it down, we're going to shut it down. And I could, I could feel God changing his heart. And I said, I'm going to do whatever you say, Dustin. I'm going to do whatever you say, because we want to be in compliance with the city. And you know what? Christians should be in compliance. I spoke about that, I think, last week. We need to be obeying the laws. Lord, conviction's hitting my heart right now about my driving. Help me. Help me to work through that. I want to tell you the favor of God was on us. It wasn't long until Dustin called and said, hey, that's our fault. You guys go ahead and sell. You're going to have troubles. Now, you think, well, that's not a big deal, Drew. Well, think about how hot it's been the last few days. And we got a tent sitting down there with fireworks with no protection except for us from people vandalizing and stealing. And so that means we're going to have to tear it all back down and put it up and wait to the first and do all that work. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. If you've ever sat down under a fireworks tent, it's a big deal. Bo, it's a big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal. You sit under them tents. It's hot and nasty and everything. So anyway, you're going to have problems in this life. Even if you're a Christian, you're going to have these problems. But listen, we shouldn't be long-faced Christians. Pessimistic, pessimistic outlook Christians. Christians that see life as a battle to get through another day. Christians that can barely get out of bed to face another day. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a bunch of hee-haw Christians. I just coined that phrase, by the way. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Gloom, despair, and agony. Yeah, I'm a Christian. God saved me. But wow, you don't know the problems I had. Just sit down. I'll, I'll tell you about them. You're like, no, thank you. <laughs> How many know that every day is a gift of God? This is a gift of God. Psalms 8, uh, 118 and 24 said, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In your worst of days, rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not rejoicing because I've had problems. I'm rejoicing because my joy comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength, not my strength. It's not my joy. It's not in my drink, not my drugs, not my women, not my anything. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He created this day. I'm going to have joy in this day. Amen? Amen. We need to live in joy in all situations. I want us to look for our text for just a moment and see what we can glean from this this morning. I want to focus, obviously, on the last part of the verse. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Have you ever felt tired? I've already spoke about this a little bit today. You ever felt lonely? You ever felt forgotten? Beaten down? Cast down? Unloved? I asked for something for supper. Shelly, I said, what do you want to eat? And I'll tell her. And next thing you know, we're having something else. I'm like, 
Where's the love? That's like dangling the bone in front of the dog and then putting it up and not giving it to him. It's not right. It's not right. Have you, have you ever felt like you needed supernatural strength just to make it through a day? I have. We, we've had some dark days in our life. And Peyton's not here today. He's working a camp, which I praise God for. But we had dark days where he walked through cancer for five years. And you think, well, Brother Drew, you're just up in this beautiful suit and tie. And, and I've got two compliments today, by the way. Two. I told them, they, 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 they bragged on me and said, boy, that suit's looking good. And I said, this is my funeral suit. So. But we've had dark days. We had dark days we had walked through. But you know what? The joy of the Lord was our strength. Can I say this too? When Jesus is all you have, he's all that you need. And when you even have more, he's still all you need. Hallelujah. 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 I believe at some point we all could answer the question with yes. Some days we felt that way. We felt tired and lonely, downcast, unloved. But we shouldn't stay that way. We shouldn't stay that way. I've felt that way before. I felt tired and lonely, forgotten, beaten down, cast down. Nobody loves me. I was going to run away one time when I was a kid. I was feeling unloved. My parents, they didn't love me. I just knew they didn't. And I was about 10 or 12, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to raise some money, and I'm going to pay them back for everything they did for me so I can just walk away and clean. We're, we're just done. So I was trying to think of a way to raise $50. So I could pay them off and just run away. I felt that way. You think, well, kids don't feel that way. Sure they do. Sure they do. I feel that way as an adult sometimes. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I wanted pizza and we had broccoli. Nobody loves me. Guess what? In them times of troubles and trials and Things not going your way. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. By the way, I didn't run away. I couldn't raise 50 bucks. I didn't. There's nothing wrong with feeling certain ways. Emotions are part of our life, but we can't live by our emotions. Can't live by our emotions. We have to live by the Word of God. Praise the Lord. It's still the truth. It's still God's Word. Hallelujah. We have to live by the Word of God. The joy of the Lord will be our strength when we live by the Word of God. Amen. We have to get that into our spirit. We have to stand on His Word. We need to say it out loud so the devil can hear it again and again. I've learned that I need to speak the Word out. I read it and I hide it into my heart. But I need to speak it out because every time I hear it with my own ears out of my own mouth, I know the devil's hearing it too and it's building my faith stronger and stronger. This Word is what it takes right here. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to notice the next thing. Whose joy is it? It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's joy. This is our problem right here. All of us human beings, this is our problem. We try to manufacture joy, usually using our feelings. Shelly tries to manufacture joy by going to Branson and riding roller coasters. That's fear. I'm not, I'm not having any part of it. That's fear. 
I rebuke Branson in the name of Jesus. Just kidding, just kidding. She gets joy out of riding the ride. She gets joy going out there and eating the, what's that, succotash or something. I don't know, Sylvester eats it. But whatever that stuff is. She enjoys all that stuff. I don't. I do eat a funnel cake, though, once in a while up there. But I don't enjoy Silver Dollar City. But I go with her because it brings her joy. She enjoys it. But our feelings and our emotions are going to change. How many has ever liked something, and then when you got older, you didn't like it anymore? It's that way. You like some things, and then after a while, when I was growing up, I went over to my aunt's house, and she had spaghetti. And she took brown sugar, and she poured it all over the spaghetti. And, and being a kid, I eat it, and it sugar, and I was like, mm, I love this. And I ate it up. For years, I ate brown sugar on my spaghetti. And now I think about it, and I'm like, that is sickening. We were at Six Flags in Dallas, and, and we took a break from all the fun that she was having. And uh, we went to get something to eat. And while we were eating, we went to Poncho's, one of my favorite Mexican restaurants. And their tamales are just tremendous. And you go through, and you get these tamales, and I eat them dry, just dry, nothing on them. And they're delicious. And I sat down with Shelly, and I think we just got married, and she poured ketchup on them. I was questioning everything I did in life up to that point. I, Catch up on tamales. But you change over the lot. After a while, you know, I used to hate, 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 double hate broccoli. And now it's pretty good on the, the, the top, the little bushy part, whatever that's called. I like that. Things have changed. I can't depend on my emotions. I cannot depend on my emotions. If I do, my joy. Wow. It's going to be like a roller coaster. That, that joy that we manufacture will be as unpredictable as the weather if we do it that way. If you base your marriage on feelings, you're in trouble. Hmm. When you were dating your spouse, every time you knew you was going to see them, they smelled good, they looked good. And now you wake up, and you smell that bad breath, and you're thinking, what in the world happened? that moment you realize you didn't marry the perfect man or the perfect woman that you thought you married your feelings will betray you you still love them though you still love them bad breath and all your wife cooks you sit down to a meal and it's simply awful you wouldn't feed it to your worst enemy your dog runs and hides and won't eat it your feelings can betray you but you still love them bad cook and all She's a good cook. I'm not talking about her. You thought that man you married was a pillar of strength. That was me. That was Shelly thinking it. And it turns out he gets hurt picking up a pillow. And I had to take the jelly jar and let her open it for me. But she still loves me. Even though she's married to a wimpy man, she still loves me. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our stronghold. We can't depend on our emotions and our feelings. The joy of the Lord is our, our, our fortress. The joy, this joy will keep you even though, even through the most dark and difficult times in life. And we, we, we wonder, how can we have joy in the dark, troubled times of life? By letting that joy flow through us at all times. Let it flow through us at all times. Let it flow through you every day, no matter what's going on. Even if the cars broke down, 
Keep joy. Keep joy in your life. Not just in church or in the good times. Not just when the bills are paid. Not just when the family's healthy. Not just when the car's running well. We have to let the joy be our strength in all the times. In all situations, we need the joy all the time, but especially in the bad times. Wow. Especially in the bad times. How many ever heard it? You know, if, if something bad could happen, it's going to happen to me. I hear people say that, and I was like, well, just keep speaking, and it's going to happen to you. Keep speaking, and it's going to happen to you. Matter of fact, I may do it to you. Stop speaking that kind of stuff. We need, to, we need joy when the kids are running fever. Is there, is there anything more miserable than your kid crying and you can't help them? They're crying, they're fever, they have a toothache, they're sick, and they, Jeremiah probably does this, and you're thinking, I can't even help it, I do whatever it would, just please shut up. You need to have joy in them situations. Amen. We need joy when the kids are, are running a fever. We need to get joy and have joy when we get laid off of our job or when our crazy family is constantly bugging us and, and fighting with us and doing crazy things. Even when you don't have money to pay the bills. When the car isn't running good, when your friends have betrayed you and told lies about you, right then, you need the joy of the Lord. You need the joy of the Lord. It'll be your strength. It'll be your strength in the troubled times. Amen? We need the joy of the Lord to be our strength more than ever before in this day and age that we live in. If you watch the news for two seconds, you realize, I better get some joy quick because they don't have any. If you need strength this morning... It's time for you to praise the Lord and experience joy. I'll say it again. If you need strength this morning, it's time to get the joy of the Lord. Amen. Let's praise the Lord and, and get that joy back in us. If we walked into this house or watching on Facebook and need strength, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you need strength today to go to work tomorrow, to deal with your kids at home, to deal with your spouse, your job, your financial situation, your emotional situation, or your physical situation, you need to begin to praise the Lord and experience the joy of the Lord because it's your strength. Hallelujah. Let the joy of the Lord begin to flow through you. That's how you get your strength from day to day. Psalms 126 and 5 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Well, that doesn't even hardly make sense, does it? Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. It does make sense. What's this verse trying to tell us? I believe that many times we must sow, we must work, we must pursue, we must keep going through with tears streaming down our face. Well, pastor, that's easy for you. Maybe. Maybe. It didn't always be that. It didn't always used to be that way. We need Christians that will bury their face in the carpet, humble themselves before God in compassion, compassionate with tear-filled eyes. You think, man, that, that, you're crying. That doesn't sound like joy. How about when you're down here praying? We have a list of people right here that we're praying for for healings, for uh, salvations, and, and there's. I, I don't think I underestimate there's probably 100 to 200 names sitting over here on this altar that we pray over and, and we're shedding tears over why because we want to see the joy when they come back to the lord we want to see joy when they get saved amen the uh, because of the compassion in our hearts for the lost many of the family members 
that, that's in our families and in your families need to be saved, we need to sow some tears. So you're thinking, what's this sow mean? S-O-W. It means plant. Let's plant some tears. Let's invest something, Lord, that cost us something. I believe tears are a sign of a soft, fertile heart that God can work in and through. And again, you'd say, Pastor, you cry all the time. That's why you're saying that. No, that's not why I'm saying it. That's why I began to cry. I started crying out. Why? Because God started changing my heart and realizing there's so many that's hurt and that's dying and going to hell and needs to hear the good news. And there's my family members. It hits home when it's your family. We need to sow in tears so we can reap in joy. Jesus, looking over the lost city of Jerusalem, had compassion and wept. Luke 19 41 says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Psalms 51 and 15 says, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. God wants us to be humble before him. He wants tears to flow so joy can come from him. God wants us to be broken before him. The Bible says if you sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. When we pray someone for someone you've always been praying for and you see them come to the Lord, what kind of joy is there going to be? And guess what? When you're sowing in tears, you can still have that joy because you know his word is true and every promise in the book is going to come true. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe there's a reason so few Christians reap in joy. Maybe it's because they've never sowed in tears. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm asking a question with that statement. How many are sharing Jesus on an everyday basis with someone? How many shedding tears for someone that doesn't know the Lord? How many are doing their best to witness for God? The Bible says in Acts 13, 52, I'm coming to an end. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Romans 14 and 9 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. How many knows there's joy in the Holy Spirit? Praise the Lord. If you weren't aware of it right now, you're in a Pentecostal church. How many knew that? You're in a Pentecostal church. Amen. We're an Assembly of God church. We've been known to be joyful and happy and charismatic. People call us holy rollers, pew walkers, tongue talkers, sometimes Facebook stalkers. And a little bit crazy. Some people think we're nuts. I heard somebody else say, well, at least we're screwed onto the right bolt. Why are we crazy for Jesus? Why do we worship with music? Why do we lift our voices and sing praises unto the Lord? Why do we lift our hands and surrender to him? It's because of the reality of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The reality of the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you're overcome with joy. Hallelujah. It'll make you want to dance. It'll make you want to shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It'll make you want to clap your hands and do all sorts of things that are strange to the ungenerated world. 
what in the world are you doing? Why in the world do you praise God that way? There's a joy. There's a joy. There's a joy. Hallelujah. It wasn't long ago, Pastor Ashley was over here praying for somebody. And uh, when, when this girl received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongue, Pastor Ashley, praying for that individual, was slain in the Spirit. I looked down at her. She was drunk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Sadly, and many of us, in many of us, the joy has faded. The excitement of entering God's presence is gone. Can I tell you something? God hasn't changed. God is still the same. He's still the same. Hebrews 13 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he once did, he'll do it again. I'm concerned that the church world today, we have too many congregants who don't know the joy of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's a damming up of the river that God wants to flow through us. You know, I got saved. That's good enough, right? You know, getting saved, that, that's what you need to do to go to heaven. Absolutely. Everybody agree with that? You got to be saved. God wants to do so much more in us. He wants to give us the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. He wants that joy of the Lord to be our strength. He wants to give us the free gift of the Holy Spirit. But we damn it up. We do. We stop that flow of the Spirit. But God, that's a little crazy. That's a little crazy. I don't want to. I, I told the story before. I'll tell it again. The man that was praying for the quiet Holy Ghost. God, give me the quiet Holy Ghost. Give me the quiet Holy Ghost. Praying. God, give me the quiet Holy Spirit. God, I don't want to act like them Pentecostals do. Give me the quiet Holy Ghost. He just kept praying it, getting ready for work. He was still praying it. Got on the bus on the way to work. He was still praying it. And guess what? The unquiet Holy Ghost come on him on the city bus. He began to speak into tongues and shout around and praise God. The joy of the Lord was filling him. Amen? Joy of the Lord was filling him. We've got to realize that we don't want to damn up anything that God wants to do in our lives. You know what? Sometimes we just need to look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Michael Jackson sung a song, The Man in the Mirror. We need to look in the mirror. I look in the mirror now, and I don't see the same thing I used to see. I see these, these white whiskers that used to be brown. I see this chubby face, husky face, that used to be skinny. I don't always like what, what I see in the mirror. But you know what? Spiritually, we need to look in the mirror. We need to look in the mirror. Why is, not God, why is God not doing more in my life? Why don't I have the joy that I need? When I get upset and depressed and troubles happen, why don't I, why don't I lean on that joy? How come that's not happening? Why am I not having what the preacher's saying? Look at yourself. And then just ask God, God, you know what's going on in my life. You know exactly what's going on in my life. Why am I damning this up? Why, why am I afraid of this? Why am I afraid of that? God, why am I doing this? I say, God, I, I'm unclogging this dam. We don't need a bunch of beaver Christians. We don't. We don't need beaver Christians. I was watching Duck Dynasty one time, and they have a beaver problem all the time. And so they take dynamite and stick it in there and blow them things up. 
We need some Holy Ghost dynamite just to blow some of them dams up. Hallelujah. If we take an honest look at ourselves, it'll reveal to us what we need to do. Finally, in James 1 and 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How many have patience? Sometimes. Sometimes. I think all of us would say that sometimes we have patience. How many can't even sit through the commercials anymore? You can't stand it. I can't stand it at all. I'm flipping, flipping, flipping. I don't care what it is. Oh, a cooking show. Let's watch it until the ball game comes back on. I just, I want to watch some action. I don't want to see that commercial anymore. Our faith produces patience. This is the hardest thing in the world to do. To praise God when you're going through difficulties it's easy to praise God when things are going good. God, just give me a new car. God, just bless me with a new house and a swimming pool. Praise the Lord. I live in Arkansas. I need a swimming pool. It's easy to praise God then, isn't it? Hardest thing is to praise God when things are not going well. Hardest thing is when you lose your house or your pool liner gets a hole in it. Still praise God through that. Are we praising God through the trials? By praising the Lord, we're acting in faith. You're acting in faith that things are going to change. That season's going to end too. The joy of the Lord is still going to be there for your strength. By praising the Lord, we're acting in faith. We're saying that we believe God is in control and He'll work everything out. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. When we praise the Lord, we are giving the reins of our lives to God and thanking Him for every situation that we're going through. It's building our character. There's a reason for everything that you've walked through. There's a reason for everything you've want, went through in your life. Don't get discouraged with it. Lean on God. I always say it like this. Learn, learn, learn your lesson so God will move you on to the next test. Don't stay in the same spot. Hallelujah. When we look to God, we get our mind off ourselves. This helps us to stop self-pity. Self-pity. Self-pity is a sin. You think, wow, that's kind of strong, brother. It is. And the devil's going to sit right there and pat you on the back. You're right. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares. It's it's all like you're saying it. Get off the self-pity train. It blocks up the river that God wants to flow through you. Paul and Silas, dad mentioned it earlier today. They could have been self-pity. They could have been in that. They tell us that they were in the lowest part of the prison. I've heard even some people say they did research and said even the sewer would flow through there. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And along about midnight, Paul and Silas begin to pray and to sing hymns. How can you pray and sing hymns when you're in a pit, locked up in chains, and probably sewer running running by your feet? You know, there had to be mice. There had to be all sorts of crazy things like that. And the joy of the Lord was still their strength. They're able to sing and praise God at a midnight hour? That doesn't sound right. 
That's what the joy of the Lord does for you. It gives you strength in the worst case scenarios. Hallelujah. Here's what I love about this. Matthew 18, 20 said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I shall be in the midst of them. Paul and Silas qualified. There's two of them. God was in the midst of them. God was there in that pit. God's there in your situation. God's there in your financial difficulty. God's there in your health uh, crisis. God's there in every situation. What you need to do is partner up with somebody. You just need two for God to be in the midst. I'll tell you something else. That's what the Word says. But I prayed all by myself, and I feel God come right in. All by myself. He loves us so much. Would you stand with me today?